0: Hey everybody, I'm Chucky, this is Jason We're in Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook for another segment of bookends, and Jay, we're sitting in front of the the riser and podium here for our big pro football draft watch party uh, tomorrow night It's going to be fun, I mean there's so much hype around the draft. We're going to have uh, ex-pro football coach Mike Tice, uh, ex-pro bowler Corey Chavis. Uh, me and you are going to be here, you and I should say are going to be here hanging out, having some fun. Uh, we want this to be interactive. Guests can ask questions, get autographs, post for pictures to be uh, posted on social media. We got draft caps. Look at this, the first commander's cap. Uh, somebody can actually win tomorrow night. Uh, the Buccaneers, and of course the Raiders. They don't have a first-round pick, but somebody can actually pick that hat and win that hat, uh, all the Raider fans that are here. So, I'm kind of pumped up. It should be fun. Uh, Vegas is going to have over a million people in town for the draft. I don't think there's any better place to be than here. For me, the pick is in. This is the spot to watch the draft tomorrow night. Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook, our huge NFL draft watch party.
1: Yeah, looking for some craziness uh, down on the Strip and excitement down there. Obviously, outside It's going to be craziness here. It's uh, going to be exciting. And not only, these are you know. Three caps that we got on display but we're going to have all 32 teams right. available for for guests to pick up and, and win and a lot of prizes and it's going to be i think a lot of fun i think that there's a some lot of a, a lot of question marks as to quarterbacks offensive linemen wide receivers and what's actually going to go down on thursday beginning at five o'clock and uh let's jump right into it and kind of right. we've had some fun putting props up we and have got some really kind of unique ones that uh we don't think that really anywhere in the world has some of the props that we put up on this year's draft so a lot of fun and excitement especially with the draft being here in Vegas. First really quick
0: before we get into kind of the props and we're actually gonna do a, our kind of ten round mock we're gonna go back and forth and kind of talk about who we think are the top ten but uh, regarding the draft caps we're going to have all 32 caps so if you are here you can win you can win a cap um, and if you happen to win you can either choose the team that's on the clock or choose any team that you want so you have an opportunity to, to win your favorite team's draft cap, uh, the, you can trade caps, you can have fun with them, and as I said, Coach Tyson and Corey Chavis are going to be here, and we're going to have a lot of fun uh, doing this tomorrow night. So yeah, and, these,
1: and the, these are the official caps that the players, players will be putting right, on right. when they walk up on stage, so really cool that we were able to to get these, and uh, it's a cool prize to have.
0: Yeah, I think it's great. You can you can actually put one on, and we're going to have uh, our, our social guru, John, kind of take your picture and post it if you want out there on from Stephen Money on STN Sports, so it's kind of a cool event, I think, that we're really going to have some fun tomorrow night. Alright, let, let's jump into it. As you said, uh, props. I mean, we've had so much fun with these. I think we were the first to market with putting some of these pro football draft props up. Uh, we put them up in late January. Uh, so there was just a lot of smoke screens and rumors and, and hearsay and stuff on Twitter out there. It was all about Hutchinson going number one. Then it was about the lineman. If it was at Iggy, Neil, Cross, we saw a big push. Then it was Hutchinson again. Now the latest buzz in the last 48 hours, it's all about Walker, the defensive end from Georgia, who we initially had in our field at 40 or 50 to one. So there's a lot of guests that are smiling right now. We're not rooting for Walker to go number one.
1: There's a lot of guests who are. Well, we talked about Jacksonville, and, and obviously when you have the number one pick, you have a lot of needs. Uh, they've got a lot of needs to fill. To fill. Um, it looks like Walker is the guy in all the reports. That's the one thing that's interesting about draft props is it's not something that actually is going to occur on the field. So you can do some handicapping out there. You can read up on these teams. You can read on information. Get on Twitter. Get on, get on Twitter and, <laughs> right. and find out what these teams are are actually thinking and, and get information. So it's it's one of those things that's kind of if you can uh, handicap and study what's going on out there, you, you find a way to beat some of these draft props.
0: Yeah, it's really kind of strange because you're right. It's not something that's decided on the field. It, it's based on what they did on the field, but the draft itself is, is based on just kind of information that's out there. And, and you look at Hutchinson who had the, the three really good years um, at Michigan. 14 sacks this year opposed to six for Walker. But Walker's kind of that guy that they look at the upside right now. He's one of those kind of tweeners that can go from side to side. A little bit like Brian Urlacher did. Just changes the the defensive scheme. He's flying up draft boards right now and it looks like that's going to be the pick for Jackson Jacksonville. Jacksonville, but I still lean towards Hutchinson, and we'll get into that with the mock, but uh, that's what makes the draft fun.
1: I'm ready to go. um... All right.
0: So another really cool prop that I don't think anybody has up. Um, let's talk about it, is that we know everybody trades in the first round. There's always trades. I think in the last 10 years you look at, you know, there's been as many as 7 and as few as 2. But we've got something up now that I don't think anybody has up, and that's how many trades there'll be in the first round.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun working on this yesterday. We looked at just really a a 10-year history of number of trades that had occurred in the first round. Uh, So we put up an index 0 trades to to 11 or more. You can bet exactly the amount of trades that are going to occur on Thursday. And again, this is trades of a first round right. draft pick selection so, this year yeah this year on Thursday only the, the trades that get swapped and you said it that uh, the last 10 years uh, never a zero or one um, there was one two and as high as seven um, and the average is right around five so um, you kind of see that four five and six are the favorites but some definitely some outliers you can get uh, as much as 40 to one on, uh, on no trades in the first round and 35 to one on 11 trades or more and a lot of talk out there that we're expecting these trades to happen and in particular with guys like Debo Samuel Jimmy right. Garoppolo, uh, maybe Mayfield um, but I think it adds uh, an interesting dynamic to what's going to happen on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, it, it really does because I, th- I think you look at teams right now and this is such a wide receiver deep draft and we have that prop up as well over under six wide receivers. I think you could easily see seven or more go um, but because they've become such a polarizing position, I think after the quarterback right now and, and maybe the edge rusher you make a case that wide receivers is- the most important position in the draft and you look at guys like Ty- uh, Tyree Kill, Devonte Adams who were moved, it's because young playmakers come in. If it's Jamar Chase, if it's Justin Jefferson, they become dynamic and they change a team's offensive scheme. There's so many wide receivers in this draft that can do the same thing that do you see a Medcalf, as you said, a Debo Samuel, a, a Terry McLaren, an A.J. Brown moved, because you can grab a younger player who's a lot less expensive. This all changed when the Jags gave Christian Kirk all that money now. Wide receivers are demanding big paydays, upwards of $25 million. A lot of teams aren't prepared to, to make that commitment, so I think you see a lot of movement regarding the
1: wide receivers. Yeah, we talked about it uh, two weeks ago that we really thought this was a draft of offensive linemen. The, the right. quality and, and, uh, and quantity of offensive linemen that are going to be available. We're going to see a good number of those guys go uh, probably in the top 20. We're going to see some linemen go, but wide receivers once we get through that you know maybe first uh, eight picks or so um the back end of the draft uh, a lot of needs for wide receivers and a lot of talent there and you said it the the Just, justin jefferson and jamar chase the success that they've had early in their career with wide receivers uh, you know, historically, takes them two or three years to really get going and put up decent stats. But that's kind of switched over the last couple years, and we'll hopefully get, be able to see these young receivers have uh, a, some good stats right out of the box.
0: Well, I think the interesting thing is, is we kind of touched on uh, Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams, and you think about Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. If it's a Drake London, if it's a Williams, if it's an Alave, um, that what kind of impact can they have with Mahomes and Rodgers? So I think those are two teams now that each have multiple first-round picks. I think there's what uh, four or five teams, maybe even six that have multiple first-round picks that I can't remember that many teams. So that's why I think there's going to be so many trades, so much wheeling and dealing for these teams to to kind of go up there. If it's Burks, another wide receiver, Um, you've got Dotson and Watson from from Penn State and North Dakota State who can maybe get that number to seven. But I think that's why with all these teams with multiple draft picks in the first round, you're going to see so much movement. And I do think that one of the four wideouts that we mentioned, McLaren, um, Brown, Metcalf and Samuel, I think you see at least one of those guys, maybe two of them moved on draft day. Yeah, and
1: you talked about the number of wide receivers. We have our over-under over at six. Um, And we talked about this being an offensive lineman draft. The the over-under is seven, on total number um, number of offensive linemen to be drafted in the first round. So um, you can see that those are going to be the two premium positions that we're going to see Thursday night. And quarterbacks, we've got that number at three. Um, And then some of the other... Let's let's talk about that, though, the quarterback. I mean, usually, I mean, every year in the the top
0: five, uh, last year we saw three go. You saw right away it was Lawrence, um, Wilson, and Lance go off the board. Right away, top three. Um, This year there's not that kind of John Elway... Or or Andrew Luck type guy. Everyone kind of said that Trevor Lawrence coming well, in was the can't going miss. Out to John Elway. I, am. I am, but I'm just talking about a guy that everyone says can't miss. You know, coming out of college like like Luck and, and Elway. People said that about Trevor Lawrence as well that he's going to be a you know a surefire superstar at the next level. Although he had struggles his rookie year, so you you look at that. You look at the five quarterbacks that went last year, uh, Fields and Jones going after the top three pick. But the four or five that everyone's talking about this year, I'm even going to throw Davis Mills in last year who went in later rounds to the Texans that they say the six that went last year um, are... Are better or would have been graded higher than any of the five guys who who look to be potential first and second round picks this year. So with only three, and I think Willis and Pickett are going to be the two that definitely go in the first round. But if somebody asked me if you thought there'd be four or two, I'd probably go with two over four because I'm just not sure that two of those guys sneak back into the first round. I think Ritter, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, is the guy that's kind of flying up draft boards right now. But does Matt Corral or Sam Howell somehow find their way back into the first well, round? To get
1: to- four, it's going to have to be one of those two guys finding their way up. Um, You talk about Ritter, he's the key to getting to that third. Um, I don't think there's any way that Detroit, unless they trade the pick, sitting at 32, the last uh, pick of the last pick of the first round, a pick that they acquired from the Rams, um, will pass on Ritter. I think that drafting that quarterback in the first round, getting that fifth, fifth extra year, right? year yep. of, of eligibility, and the talent that he is, and coming out of Cincinnati uh, with the vicinity to Detroit and the, and the Lions looking, uh, you know, to what their future may be, obviously with that second-round draft pick being able to put a, a keystone player into right. their into their lineup into their roster, it would be a real shock if Ritter. Falls past Detroit at 32, and, and somebody may jump up in front of them to try and get him, and then that forces them maybe to go to one of those other guys at that 32nd pick.
0: I think what's interesting, too, is that you have so many teams. I mean, this offseason was like none other with the trades, but so many teams were quarterback hungry it's a it's a quarterback driven league you see teams kind of uh trade up or overdraft players because they need a quarterback and you've got carolina who might have the the, the, the most difficult or ugliest quarterback situation in the league atlanta as you and i've kind of talked about are yeah. they going to go into the league I'm, in a uh, season like that
1: i'm i'm really interested in what atlanta not not necessarily with the eighth pick but obviously we know that they they have a, a real need in wide receiver depth um, with the eighth pick, but they could take got, a they could take a quarterback at eight too. Got Marcus Mariota. Um, and Felipe Franks are the two quarterbacks on their roster. Marcus Mariota, obviously from the Raiders, but this guy ha- hasn't been able to stay healthy his entire career. Um, and, and I don't know that you can say well, I'm excited to be able to have Felipe Franks be my starting quarterback. So I, I really think Atlanta is going to do something here, whether it's Thursday or Friday, to add some quarterback depth to that uh, to that lineup.
0: I think you look at Seattle, too. They make the trade for Russell Wilson. They, they've said we're, we're really happy about Drew Locke and the, and the situation we're in, but, but I can see that that being a, a trade that maybe occurs or they take a quarterback. And then a little bit later, it's, it's the Saints and, and it's the Steelers, who I think both could use a quarterback as well. The Saints did sign Jameis Winston. The Steelers have um, Mitchell Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. I think all those teams. But what the wild card for me is that you still have Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield out there. So a team that maybe decides, I'm not sure I want to grab one of these quarterbacks, um, because none of them maybe can start right away. Only maybe Bickett can. But do I wait then and make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield, which causes some of these quarterbacks to drop?
1: Yeah, and again, it's it's evaluating talent and depth and what they think you know what the ceiling is on these guys. So uh, you said it before that the. the- that this quarterback class isn't what it has been in years past, and um, I think we're going to one of them to,
0: might turn out to be the next. You yeah, know, hopefully they do. Stud, and that's but, what, right, that's what we're two, hoping for. Right. These
1: guys end up being playmakers in, right. in the in the league, and we enjoy them. But um, it's going to be tough to see uh, where these guys go. Obviously, Carolina and Pittsburgh, we fully expect to take quarterbacks in the first round. I think just about every mock draft you go through, um, it's finding Carolina and, and Pitt with right. uh, with the quarterback position. And,
0: and there's some really interesting ties. I know we'll go through our mock, and and we've got the, the two quarterbacks too. We've got Pickett and Malik Willis, and we have 10 teams listed for each of those two players, including the field. Where would they go? And, and you think about Kenny Pickett. Uh, as a high school junior, he committed to Temple. Uh, the coach that recruited him, None other than Matt Rule from Carolina, who we talked about, that needs a quarterback. They picked number six. Kenny Pickett trained at the Pittsburgh Steeler facility for the last two years. They saw him for two years. They saw him go through his growth, uh, shatter all the records of Dan Marino. Pittsburgh has never been, they've never forgiven the Steelers for passing on Dan Marino out of Pitt. Do they pass on Kenny Pickett if he's on on the board out of pit? So I think there's a lot of kind of cool stuff with the quarterbacks as well. Quarterback-driven league, we know how many teams were in on Deshaun Watson. We saw Russell Wilson moved in the offseason. You saw um, uh, Wentz moved in the offseason. All the talk now about Mayfield and and what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. It is kind of a wild card as far as the quarterbacks go with no kind of surefire guy based on what projections are right now. Yeah, and
1: again, I think going back to... You take a quarterback in the first round, you gain an extra year of eligibility ownership that you own him. And I I think that's a key uh, component of why you see quarterbacks go in the first round.
0: And I think the teams that we kind of talked about, you look at um, Pittsburgh, Mitchell Trubisky only got a two-year deal. I think Jameis Winston has a one-year deal. Jared Goff has one year left. So those, those guys can be a bridge one of these young kids coming in but as we know I mean being Bears fans we saw Justin Fields last year he wasn't ready but the fans wanted him in you wanted to see that rookie quarterback in it kind of uh uh, it gives the the fan base uh you know excitement it gives the whole organization excitement and we'll see if these guys what ultimately happens with them but I think it's going to be fun with the quarterbacks to see ultimately what happens on draft night
1: you ready to jump into a little mock let's
0: do a a little mocking (laughs) all right we've had these up for a long time. I'm not gonna change. I know that Kind of the buzz right now is Walker uh, from Georgia. I just think Hutchinson is is such a surefire, can't-miss guy that I'm surprised that Jacksonville's going that route. But then again, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did pay Christian Kirk, who I think had three touchdowns last year and, and about 500-and-something yards receiving over $20 million, which skewed the wide receiver market. So I'm going to stick with Hutchinson, number one from Michigan. Uh,
1: if I was drafting for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's the number one pick we're talking about, I would be on an offensive lineman here for sure. Um, I think your, your biggest commodity is, is Trevor Lawrence. You've got to find You've got to, a protect, way to him. protect him. you got to find a way to score points. They, they were awful all over the field, so really taking the best player available in the draft is probably what they should do. So Walker is really a surprise pick here because when you look to the guys that are the talent evaluators and where they have these guys ranked, not a lot of guys have him ranking the top three. He find, kind of falls more into that four and five uh, ranking. But he
0: was actually, I didn't mean to interrupt, but he was actually beyond the top ten when yeah. initial projections went out and kind of for
1: the combine I'm going to believe all the hype I'm going to trust the Twitter Twitter <laughs> universe and I'm going to stick with Trayvon all Walker right. uh, being the favorite and and Jacksonville going down that route if that is
0: the case though and um if you're Detroit and you have a chance to get the local kid from Michigan who just threw out the first pitch at the Tiger game on Sunday I don't think you take the ten minutes. I think you run the card up to the podium and grab Hutchinson number two.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm sticking with Hutchinson as number two because I'll take Walker in the first round, and I think I, if if Hutchinson goes one, I'll will say what you're saying that okay. Walker then goes in the in the two spot. So
0: both edges, you know, we both are kind of on board that both edges, which everybody is kind of saying right now, uh, does go one two. So number three is the Texans. They have a lot of holes. They've got a young quarterback in, in Davis Mills. Um, I know that there's some talented defensive players on the board. Still, but I'm going to go with Neil now. The uh, the, the offensive lineman. I think Evan Neal is the guy that you need to protect. Um, Davis Mills, you need to build from the trenches. Uh, I'm going to go with Neil, number three to the Texans.
1: I, I was on an offensive lineman here as well. I'm on a different one, um, in a in Kwanu from uh, NC State. Um, but I do think that they could throw a wrinkle in here. Um, Thibodeau is a guy, Oregon, uh, the defensive end from Oregon, has been really falling down the mock drafts. But the Texans only had 32 sacks last year, it was really an awful, no quarterback right. uh, pressure from them at all. So there's a couple different ways Houston go here. I'll and who's the
0: Texans' head? coach? Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. Defensive going, guy, going right? defense. Right. So
1: I, I think that they may go tippet over here, but I'm going to stay, but I'm going to switch. I'm not going to go to Neil. I'm going to go to uh, Iggy Ekwanu, uh, the NC State uh, offensive tackle. Okay.
0: Uh, number four now, the Jets. And, you know, they have a lot of uh, holes. I mean, they could go defense. They could go wide receiver here um, to help a young quarterback, um, but I'm going to go... They could also
1: go trade. They could, you right? Know, yeah. They have the fourth have, and, and the, the tenth, tenth pick, right. so that could be a, a heck of a package that they could put together. For, for one of these veteran receivers that may be out there.
0: This could be the spot for, for Debo. You don't package, I don't think, Garoppolo and Debo to the Jets because you have Wilson, but this could be a spot for Debo, the first the first chance that maybe you see a trade like that. But I'm going to say that they go ahead and go Sauce Gardner, uh, the cornerback from Cincinnati here. Uh, they had a great cornerback in, in Revis for, for a long time. I say they go Sauce here uh, with the fourth overall pick.
1: I'm uh, I'm on the same train, uh, Sauce Gardner to the Jets, number four. It's all about the Sauce at the good restaurants in New York,
0: guys. <laughs> Uh, With the fifth pick now, it's the Giants. And uh, I'm going to kind of do what, what you did. I think it's offensive linemen. Giants could go defense or offense here, but I think they still have a young quarterback. They could invest in another quarterback someplace during the draft, but I'm going to go with Iggy Iganogu here uh, with the fifth overall pick, go offensive lineman for the Giants.
1: Yeah, I'll stay with offensive linemen. I'm just swapping out with you. So you took Neal with the third pick. Um, I took Equanu with the right. third pick. I'm going to go back to Evan Neal, uh, the offensive t- uh, tackle from Alabama, um, here for the Giants. So we've been fairly kind
0: of consistent so far. Now it's the number six pick, and I think this is where it really gets interesting because it's Carolina. We know that their quarterback situation isn't good. They were all in on Deshaun Watson. They've been in on almost every quarterback that's been available. Um, Do they trade back? I think you can see another trade here. If somebody covets one of those wide receivers and you've got teams like the Saints with two picks, uh, you you look at um, Packers with two picks, Chiefs with two picks, would anybody want to package those picks to kind of move up to get the wide receiver that they covet? and Carolina could move back and get the quarterback that maybe they covet. I think if they stay here, I'm going to I'm going to reach here, but I'm going to say they do not let Kenny Pickett get past number 6. I think Carolina grabs their quarterback of the future and the most ready of the five quarterbacks that are projected to go in the first or second round. I think it's Kenny Pickett here to Carolina with 6 overall.
1: All I've got is Carolina and I've got a QB. <laughs> so I don't know whether it's Perfect. Pickett or Willis, but I don't believe that Carolina selects a QB in the sixth spot of this draft. I I truly believe that Carolina moves back. Somebody comes up to take six. Carolina, there, there is no reason for them to take Kenny Pickett or Willis at the sixth pick in the draft. There is no need at that time, other te- I think someone is going to take the sixth pick to go after a guy they want, and we'll see Carolina move back at this point. I think they will
0: too, but it's such a quarterback-driven league, and you know there was no need for the Bears to trade from three to two with San Francisco several years ago to take Mitchell Trubisky. But I think again, this is a team that you can make a case has the worst quarterback position or situation right now in the league. They're, they're, they owe Sam Darnold over almost twenty million. It's obvious they want to move on from that spot. They still could get Baker Mayfield. They can get Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think somehow they end up with Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah, and I, I just – the only reason I'm saying I don't I, – I think they take a QB, and, and it could be Pickett. I just don't think it's in the sixth spot right. in the NFL draft. I, going to what the Steelers have, 20? 20. 20. So as long as they can – move back and stay in front of the Steelers they can get one of those two guys right. there's no reason to spend it at 6 you can move back Steelers might move give up too something. Right. yeah yep. but i i just think that this is a spot a great spot for Carolina to move down and give somebody that's wanting to go after a certain player at this point in time.
0: So now it's number 7 and it's the Giants again. This is the pick that they they traded last year. They moved back a few spots, traded with the Bears when the Bears took Justin Fields. The Giants can go a lot of ways here. I know they took the we have them both taking an offensive lineman. I'm going to say that they take, in my opinion, maybe the best defensive player on the board left, maybe the best defensive player in the draft, and that's Kyle Hamilton. I think they go Kyle Hamilton here, DB from from Notre Dame. I think that's the pick at number 7 for the Giants.
1: I'm taking the Giants with number 7, a guy that's kind of Lying up uh, the radar the last couple days, uh, Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end from Florida State. Um, I think that they can use an edge rusher there, uh, be able to attack uh, you know, the Eagles, Giants, uh, cow, uh, Cowboys. Um, need to get a guy on defense and, and uh, coveting those defensive end positions. Okay,
0: and now the next team is Atlanta. And, you know, if you look at Atlanta right now, uh, traded um, you know, uh, uh, Julio Jones two years ago. Uh, The situation with Calvin Ridley's suspension, uh, they have no wideouts right now um, for Marcus Mariota. I think you have to go wideout here. You have to be, you know, you have your choice. If it's Williams, if it's Alave, if it's Drake London, um, I think if they stay in this spot, although it'd be mighty tempting, if Malik Willis happened, or uh, excuse me, if Kenny Pickett happened to go at six, I think Atlanta, they passed on all these guys last year. Do they grab a a Malik Willis knowing that maybe Mariota is at the bridge for a year or two but if they don't I think they go wide receiver here I'm not sure which guy but I'm gonna go with Williams right here in this spot but I think they go wide receiver
1: I'll stick with the in the wide receiver position but I'll go to Garrett Wilson um, out of Ohio State in this spot I think he's going to be the first wide receiver taken off the board
0: so the next team now that comes in is the Seattle Seahawks at, at number nine they've got a lot of issues uh, I don't think they take a quarterback here But I think the slide of Thibodeau is just, it stops here. I think if you're Seattle, you get a guy from that area who can come in, who can uh, cause havoc on the defense. You know that you're going to be chasing guys like in that division that are really good, like Kyler Murray and um, you know you, what the what the Rams bring on offense and what the Niners do with Trey Lance and Matt Stafford. I think it's Thibodeau here at number nine to Seattle.
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go. You had taken uh, Hamilton with the Giants, and I'll, I'll say Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, slips here. Um, also uh, interested in Derek Stingley right. um, from LS. LSU, the cornerback out of LSU, uh, been flying up the draft boards after his pro day. Um, Seattle needs a lot of work and when you're in that division um, with the great wide receivers and these quarterbacks, I think that they got to get some help on the on the defensive side of the ball, in the secondary in particular. So I'm going to I'm gonna go Hamilton out of Notre Dame, which you had gone with the seventh pick.
0: Um, now we're at the Jets. This is going to kind of round out our, our top ten mock. Uh, they got Sauce Gardner at number four. Who? gonna be an instant impact player we talked about maybe wide receiver this is where i think they go garrett wilson right now at number 10 they get that wide out to help a young quarterback there um, and I'm going to go with a wide receiver for the Jets, Garrett Wilson at number 10.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to go to a, a wide receiver as well. You talked about getting the cornerback position with their first pick at 4 um, at 10, but I'm going to go to uh, Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC. I think he's been uh, kind of coveted by them within the organization. I think that he's a guy that they're going after ahead of Williams, ahead of Olave. Um, I look for uh, Drake London to go here to the Jets at 10. So it's, it's fun. We've kind of gone through our top 10. We could
0: easily go through an entire mock, and that's what makes it so great. I think, you know, draft night there's so much intrigue, and you know, smoke Smoke screens. And, and that's the big thing right now is, is any of the are any of these teams kind of targeting a guy that there's information on Twitter and information out there who they're really hoping somebody will kind of trade up with them or, or entice somebody to make that trade? So it's a lot of fun, guys. Uh, we're looking forward to our big party. Again, Thursday night, Coach Mike Tice, Corey Chavis, ex-Pro Bowler, Jason and myself, draft caps, again, the commander's hat the raiders hat the bucks hat all 32 teams you have a chance to win a cap from from one of those teams it's going to be a lot of fun Thursday night. Yeah, and
1: one of the unique things about uh, the NFL draft and, and wagering on the NFL draft is it's not available up until right. the game starts uh, the way um, almost everything else that we do, um, due to some regulations that we have to follow. Um, the draft props with any individual player are going to go off at five o'clock on Wednesday, twenty-four hours in advance of the draft. So if you're looking to bet specifically on an individual player, a prop that has a guy's name attached to it, that's going to go off at five o'clock on Wednesday. The rest of the props will turn off at 5 o'clock on Thursday. So it's not like you're going to be able to bet who's going to be the 15th right. pick when we're sitting on the 12th pick. You're going to have to get here um, Wednesday by 5 for something with a player's name and then the, the just... In general, props without a player's name, those are going to start; those are going to come off the board as soon as the draft uh, begins. So make sure to to get in today, get yourself uh, signed up for the app, um, and make your draft props. And I know you've got a a t shirt. We've got a great promo going on right now uh, for all new signups: up to a hundred dollar bonus for new uh, app signups, and if you put deposit fifty dollars or more, get a cool uh, Steven Money Money t shirt. -shirt. uh, At you to represent uh, STN Sports, and uh, we'd love to have you guys out there uh, uh, showing off Stephen Money and, and checking out him in the commercials. We get a lot of fun comments uh, on his uh, activities, but uh, look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow night uh, for the draft party here at Red Rock.
0: Yeah, I think what's cool about that is, as you kind of mentioned, the draft's going to be fun. It's going to be right here in, in the Racing Sports VIP area, the lounge, the book itself. The atmosphere is going to be tremendous. Um, but you can make wagers before that, so during the draft, you're you're cheering or booing your favorite team who they take, but you can also have a, a vested interest in what goes on. So have fun with the draft guys. We're both draft Knicks. We're going to be here tomorrow night. We hope to see all you guys. Chucky, Jason uh Jason. Come on out tomorrow night. Have some fun, and we'll see you guys next week in another episode of Bookends.